0: It's time for the Building, game, the, building game, the Game, with Jason and friends, for tabletop game on the phone never ends. ends, it's at the end of the episode, that's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, April 17th, and you're listening to episode 568. As always, I am your host, Jason. Here today, I have a very special guest, my favorite frenemy of game design or the world or all sorts of things, and that is Mr. Matt Riddle. Hello, Matt Riddle.
1: What's up, man? 568, dude, that's awesome. That's like 567 too many, but besides that, you know, it's... Uh,
0: no one it? will agree with you, with that with you more <laughs> than I will.
1: No, dude, seriously, congratulations. I mean... You know what's funny is, I, I'm not kidding, like sometime in the last month, I cannot remember the context, I actually googled to find you and Rob's like, you know, sneaking into the con thing, like oh, I, something yeah. something got me yeah. thinking about it, I can't remember what it was, something triggered like a, you know, like a memory, I guess, and I went looking for it, just to, you know, I mean, it, whatever, the point is, you, you do, you've you been doing this a while, for it's good true. reason, man. It's
0: true, yes, it's uh it's been a long time. And, uh, yeah, still, still doing it. I mean, Rob quit because he's, you know, a loser or smart or both, you know, or both.
1: Yeah, either one.
0: But, uh, what you've been up to lately? I know you've got, we're going to talk a bit about Motor City Gameworks uh, that you've talked about before, but, uh, what, uh, what you've been up to otherwise?
1: Yeah. You know, it's been, uh, you know, I mean, you understand like, you know, as doing the dad stuff, I got a college kid and then an almost college kids. So. We're, uh, you know, doing all that stuff. Ones at my oldest is at state. My youngest is a senior and heading to Alma next year. Wow. So, you know, that's that's life, right? Life is pretty much encompassing everything that goes with having, you know, almost two college kids. So that that's, you know, every day, which just really means going to work and then coming home and prepping and mm-hmm. just, you know, it's good stuff though. I, I have no complaints. But yeah, I mean, otherwise, you know, game design wise, it's been mostly Motor City Game Work stuff, which, like I so said, we'll talk about it in a bit. But we did just get back from Umpub on pub uh 12 13 whatever one this yeah. Was. so yeah it
0: sounded like it was great we had a we had a recap episode with um some people who are from our BTG community so yeah. did you have a good time there as well
1: I did it, it was great so it's interesting because they you know they're still building the show back up from a perspective of the outside audience right like the right, designer right. pool is great like it's it's a lot of people that you know it's 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 actually pretty incredible like we've been going for I don't know the better part of seven or eight years I think now or six six or seven years and you know I've missed a few here and there just because you know what life but you know it's interesting how how many of the designers have flipped over like it's you know as I get older uh, a lot of the you know a lot of the designers are younger and you know it's a it's certainly a a broader audience a more diverse audience and in a good way as far as a designer pool I mean and that's been something I know they've been Mm -hmm. focusing on doing and they've definitely accomplished that and was great. So I have, you know, it was, it was a well-run show. The, you know, the designers, the other, the, you know, co-designers were fantastic. I do think they're having a little trouble getting, you know, the outsiders to kind of walk back in. Like it was wild yeah. those last few years in Baltimore. It know, was they...
0: insane. Like there were literally like times where I would like get up and leave my table and like say, I have to run to the restroom and then just hide out for like 30 minutes because it was so busy. I was like, I need a
1: break. <laughs> because right? you you could never stop playing whatever yeah, you were playing yeah. if you wanted mm-hmm. to, and you know I, I so then pandemic happens right and ruins everything like as it did, yeah. and you know I think last year we didn't go last year but last year was certainly smaller. This is probably their first full year back, and they're just you know trying to get that audience back, that external audience. And I do think mm-hmm. you know it's just it's gonna take a couple years like everything else, right? I know that's true of I haven't been to a I don't want to say I mean umpub is a real con, but I haven't been to a big con since 2019 i haven't been to Gen counter origins so i'm thinking we're gonna get to origins like it looks pretty good unless life gets in the way you know we're gonna get to origins this year for the first time in you know almost four years Mm -hmm. so
0: yeah i haven't been to origins either in quite a while and um i may or may not go i kind of left it up to my wife and i was like like if if you know we're trying to figure out days that we're gonna go on vacations and stuff like i just won't go to origins it's not the end of the world i I would love to go but Uh, It's a long drive, um, and, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun, and I know I'll know a lot of people there, uh, but, you know, I would rather spend time with my family. I know that, like, we'll be at Gen Con this year. We're camping at Gen Con. It's going to be great. Oh, nice. Um, Yeah, there's a place you can camp uh, not too far away. I don't know. Ken Franklin told me about it. It's a KOA, and so uh, I'm staying at the KOA with our big camper. Um, Yeah, it'll be a good time. So,
1: yeah, I, I, I definitely miss Gen Con, you know, I, that one I have not been to mm-hmm. since 2018, maybe, because I missed a couple, you know, we, like you said, right, you start doing vacations and all that stuff, and life right, just kind of right. gets in the way, and, you know, it's all good, but what's interesting is, you know, trying to figure out exactly, you know, as I <laughs> as I get older, honestly, you know, it's funny, because Ben still loves it, man, like, he loves, like, even Unpub, like he just loves, you know, it's also part of the aspect of, like, you know, we always joke he's got He's got a pile of kids, and you know, my girls are quite a bit older, so it's not, mm-hmm. you know, quite so crazy in my house like it is in his. And I just, you know, I I gotta hate sleeping in other beds. Like, I get tired. I, don't know, I hate yeah. staying up late now. Like, I feel yeah. so old when I go. I get it's you. just like, you know, I, I don't know. It's, they're long days. Like, I, I love it, but it's a long day. I mean, you're, you know, you're getting up, and you're, you know, you're talking all day, and you're with people mm-hmm. all day, and you're moving around, and it's just like right. – you know, you're well, wiped out.
0: I super like, so first of all, I do not like I don't stay up late anymore.
1: Like yeah, I'm either. I'm
0: always with the crew. We're like, hey, we're gonna, it's eleven o'clock, we're gonna call it a night. You know. <laughs> but I um also I uh like the thing that's made it really challenging with like the talking and stuff, like I am super supportive of masks. I wish every convention just required masks all the time. I've loved not getting any sort of sickness from conventions, not even Concrud, which is great. <laughs> but but man by the end of the the day every day i have a headache from the mask on yep. my ears and i have a throat ache from trying to like talk so loudly um yeah and, and i have trouble hearing people like in yeah uh large spaces not because i have bad hearing just because i have bad mental focus and when i yeah. can't watch their mouth when they talk it makes it really really difficult
1: i it i do I, yeah. I that was the part that was the you know listen we're we're both you know we're from michigan both of us and the, you know, I think the Midwest quit, quit the pandemic a little earlier than the coast. Yes, yeah, a lot of know? them did. Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I mean,
0: I feel comfortable. I, I feel certainly more comfortable going to conventions when we have masks on, for sure. Yeah,
1: 100%. I, um, I you know, but I think it's, it's a long day. It is. I It is. And I, I, I can understand why my ex- expectation is that Origins will not require them. And well, I, it how- sounds
0: like Gen Con's not. So,
1: yeah, well, you know, again, Midwest. So right, we'll see. Right. You know, I, I do, to your point, though, Umpub is, it's, you know, I hadn't worn a mask for more than an hour or two in a while. So, and talking through it, like everything dries out. But yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, it's you yeah. Know, to your point. I, I, listen, I got sick as a dog randomly, but I don't think had anything to do with the con. <laughs> no. <I'm> like, <laughs> I did, it sucked. I'm like, dude, I wore the mask the whole Come time. On. I know, you're killing I did me the here. Thing. Like, I'm it sucked. But hey, you know, it happens. It's happenstance. you know, whatever. But, um, no, it was right. a good con though. It it was great. I mean, they it was fun. I had a great time. So I'm looking forward, like I said, I'm looking forward to origins. We'll see. You know, we'll see how it goes.
0: That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm excited to go back to some cons this year. Um, but but yeah, you know, overall it's it's been a slow roll back into stuff for yep. sure. So and I yeah. the last time I went to Unpub, I think was twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen, I don't remember which one. It might have been twenty seventeen.
1: Have you been to the horse hotel one at all?
0: The, so the last time I went was the first year at the horse hotel, I think.
1: Got it. Okay. Yes.
0: Because, oh, yeah, yeah. Because that was the 2017 or 2018. That one, that was not my last one. I went again, I think, in 2019. I drove there um, Ooh. to the horse hotel overnight. Right. Through the yeah. night, we drove. And it was absolutely awesome awful um and uh yeah yeah uh but then yeah, i so i've been to the horse hotel awful. once that's actually when i met julio for the first time
1: oh okay so, yeah yeah, that yeah. Makes sense.
0: we saw what happened with that
1: <laughs> can't get rid of that guy now Man, i stuck with him now no it was uh, you know i i don't mind the horse hotel because kind of like old school grand con i love the contained space like you get Me out of your too. room Me too. you wander downstairs and you're there that said, you know, that's part of the problem with getting people to come is that you're not in a big city anymore. You're in the burbs. And now people have to drive, you know, out to the suburbs, park a car at a weird hotel and walk in to play unpublished prototypes. That just, you know,
0: right, <laughs> that seems right. like
1: a, a big ask for folks. So, yeah, you know, I yeah, think they're working true. on it.
0: I, the two big things I remember from the horse hotel, actually, one was other than the, the horses and all that jazz and the fact that it was a lot of like, winding hallways and stuff uh was that i met julio for the first time and i learned something from you that was completely unrelated to game design and i don't think you even know that uh you taught this to me you were at a vending machine and you used your phone with tap to pay which i didn't (laughs) know was a thing and i was like that's awesome and then i started using that and then i got a tap credit card so now i don't use it anymore uh but yeah i distinctly remember that memory from (laughs) from there
1: that is. We were hilarious. talking, and I was
0: like, "Oh, I got," it. and I literally went back to my hotel room that night and set that up. So
1: that, yeah, that is so funny because I. It's funny because I remember, like to that point, vending machines were randomly like the first adopters of phone pay. Yes, like of right? all things, vending machines. Yeah, yeah. We're ahead of the curve.
0: And it was cool because, I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, it really does make sense. But, it's yeah, us, it was... No uh, one's got
1: cash, so you want right, to be able to buy your stuff, yeah. you got to have another way.
0: And it's easier for them, too, right? If you use credit cards or tap to pay, you're not putting dirty cash in there that they have to do stuff with, right? Right.
1: Yeah, they're not dealing with it oh, anymore. Yeah. 100%. But
0: That's anyways... That's awesome. So, uh... <laughs> but so, let's, uh... So, Motor City Works is a company that three people started. Um, you, Adam, and Ben, uh, several years back, uh uh i've adam i've met a couple times uh ben uh longtime listeners remember uh ben pinchback uh ha, has been voted i think 11 years and running now uncontested for the most ruggedly handsome man in game design fair, um fair. so yeah yeah and uh i saw ben recently i saw him at grand con last year with his kids so yeah were you wait, were you there did i see you there no i didn't did i
1: nope he okay does say that would did. be real
0: awkward if i saw you when i remember yeah. seeing team <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, he did. <laughs> no, he did uh he did bring the boys over. I can't remember if the whole crew went like Rebecca and, and Edith as well, but I believe they did. And I know they had a good time. That was, you know, kind of their as they're getting a little bit older. I think his boys are they're all 12 or 13. I think 13. Mm-hmm. Um so they're old enough to actually kind of like get what's happening and enjoy the show and you know have some actual attention span, you know, to kind of sit through games. So yeah, he had a good time. I i haven't been i i you know not again we, we're kind of just chatting but i don't love the new grand con date that's a tough date for me it's so it's
0: awful yeah yeah i also don't the um i'm just the locations not my favorite like i liked where it was a couple years ago at mm-hmm. the place where they at the devos hall where they had it um the one they had it in this time wasn't is like it just wasn't as big but i guess it didn't need to be i don't yeah. know yeah i'm just being nitpicky the date is the thing that they, ticks me off about grand con is that yeah that's a hard weekend for me to commit to getting Um, over there it just just is and i know they're doing it for to get that location um but like i don't know that that location is worth having it on a cruddy weekend you know
1: yep yeah i I know there's a lot of business decisions that go into these conventions and i get it you know they're they've got to make money and they got to stay up they got to stay afloat but man that's i'm with you i i like downtown grand rapids i do and me you know, too me too but i do think there's like there's this just weird crossover point right and, and i think maybe grand con did step past it but like we just talked about with umpub you know when you have that self-contained con it's so great but that does limit the kind of you know you're then you're dealing with right you know the right. biggest possible hotel ballroom which is generally you know 500 people at best case so right right i get it right you're limiting yourself you know and you don't want to do that so i'm sure it's the right thing but man yeah that weekend sucks
0: yeah yeah it does but i mean i'll always go to grand can if i can because there's so many people that i know there
1: yes um yep.
0: and i love seeing all the Me people too. and plus we still have quite a few people that come from out of town kelly nate all of them drive in yeah. from like st louis to come to it because they yep. know everyone will be there
1: so maybe i'll maybe i'll try to die if I'm, worst case scenario maybe i can day trip it this year it's only it's about two hours yeah yeah it's for- not bad
0: it's not bad know, from, at all. Just
1: from where That's I'm bad. at to get there. So either way, I got right. distracted again. But back to Motor yeah. City, yeah. So, so uh, Motor
0: City, yes. Yeah. So uh, regularly, started... regularly
1: handsome Ben and yes. Adam and I. Uh, so basically, it started off with Ben and I, you know, a couple, like, geez, 2019, I think. And he had just been really pushing the idea that, listen, we've, you know, we've designed, I think at that point we were at, I'll say, 16 or 17 um, published games at that point, give or take. And, you know, all for the most part, you know, with a couple exceptions, Goonies, uh, all pretty great experiences, you know, and, you know, everyone paid us, except for Goonies, but, um, you know, so we, you know, we, we, we enjoyed the process, and this isn't something we're going to like, try to become Asmodee, but, He's like, I really want to do it ourselves. Which really means I want you to do it and I get half the money, but that's neither here nor there. That does um, sound
0: like Ben. I'm not gonna 100%. lie. Everybody See? knows you're the business mind of the group.
1: So. absolutely. I love those guys, but it's a hundred percent, you know, let's let's <laughs> let Matt do the work and we'll all share the money. But it's fine. I actually don't mind. But um so, you know, he just wanted to try it and he kinda yeah, you know, I kinda was resistant, frankly, but he talked me into it to his credit. So we started it then and just took our time and we had you know you know we we're fortunate right and we have I, I i always feel terrible when people ask me for like kickstarter advice and stuff because i'm like well what you need to do so is publish design, 16 games right 16 <laughs> games and have your 16th game be a relatively big hit in the grand scheme of things with fleet dice and then just copy that game for your first game with your new publisher you know like and i'm like well you can't replicate that like i can't <laughs> I mean, that's, I'm not saying Three Sisters is the same game, but we built off that line, right? Like, we, we purposely said, okay, Fleet Dice is a legitimate, you know, not a hit, like it's not Wingspan, but I mean, it's a legitimate hobby hit. You know, yeah, sold yeah. Mm-hmm. a lot of copies, and we can take that, and we can build off of it, and we can ex- make it a line of games, and, you know, like, he always uses, like, uh, you know, like, like the Tiny Epic line is sort of the, the framework, right? Like, they just, Scott Alms just keeps designing new ones, and they just keep publishing them and people keep buying them, right? So like you stop right. when people tell you they don't want them anymore. So until then, you keep going. So that was the idea, and you know again, that's not replicatable by folks because you know not everybody. You have to have that first game to build off of, and we were fortunate to have that. You know, and then we took our company and we said, okay, we're gonna do these loaded rolling rights, and this is what we're gonna get doing. Three Sisters was the first design that we went after with that, and that was. You know, literally Ben's backyard, like he stares out his kitchen window right, while he does right, dishes, right. and, you know, it's, that, like, he has all that, he has all that stuff. He has fruit trees, he has the, the beehives, he has, you know, he tried the corn, it failed, but, you know, he's got all that, the garden, the whole shebang. So, that was, you know, kind of our jumping off point, and then since then, we've continued, excuse me, that idea that we're going to keep building off that line. I, I, I don't ever foresee, you know, like, us doing, another kind of game at least not anytime soon like you know as a as a former self-publisher as well like it's a lot of work right and you you do the work because it's it's you know yours and you can control everything and you can decide what to do and you can make those decisions and that part's great the part that's not so great is that it just takes a lot of time and you know motor city went pretty well and in the you know, it's been well-received. It's pretty new. That just came out back in January. You know, we've had a couple hiccups You know, the people struggling with the, with the rulebook a bit, despite the fact that it's the same layout as Three rule rulebook, but um, overall it's been well-received and well-reviewed, and people are enjoying it, and it's selling pretty well, etc. So now we're working on the next one, and if we had followed it, which is called French Quarter, if we would followed the same schedule, we'd have been wrapping up the Kickstarter like last week, but we're not, because it just didn't get done. And right, right. Because everything just takes longer, and you know, we coming out of the pandemic and we, you know, we had to find artists and we had to find a graphic designer and we had to do all the things that you have to do for these games. And there's just a lot of that work. And the part mm-hmm. that's really wild, and I, I know just, I think we talked about this before, but, you know, the, I don't know what the folks realize, especially for these small publishers like us, right? You know, we'll say boutique publishers, you know, we love our Kickstarter backers and we've been really, really happy to get, you know, give or take 2,000 plus backers, almost 3,000, I think on, on three sisters, in, like, almost 3,000 on Motor City, and that's fantastic. And then you do all that to almost, I'm, I'm not gonna say break even, but it's dang close to breaking even. Like, you just don't make money on Kickstarter because right. everything that you're doing to get the game published, and freight, and shipping, and whatever, all that sort of encompasses that first print run. So if you don't have a secondary life after that in retail, you probably didn't make any money on your Kickstarter game. Right. Which I don't right. think folks realize. And I'm not saying that as a complaint. I'm saying it's no, just kind no, of... No, no,
0: it's, it's a reality check, right? Yeah,
1: it's just a fact of the business, right? So we were very, you know, fortunate that Three Sisters has done incredibly well in retail. So that's allowed us to, you know, have Three Sisters have been a successful project. But, you know, it, it's... it's You're not going to do that every time. <laughs> like, Motor mm-hmm. City may or not replicate, you know, half what Three Sisters did. We'll, we'll see. We're, we're still kind of finding out. So, you know, it, it's it's super difficult to be successful and, and to, you to know, kind of keep things running because you're always, every time you reprint or print a new game, you're, you're basically taking all the work you did from the last one and, and betting on the next one. So right, it's, right. it's crazy. So
0: are you, Um. so I I've played three sisters. I have not played yeah. the new one. Um, but I, I'm curious, like when you say, you know, kind of the same line, are you following, like, form factor for the box, box size and all that? Also, like, components, you're trying to keep it pretty much the same? Is that the idea?
1: Yeah, so I would say the style of game, right, because we were, we're doing the, the loaded roll and write, as we call it, which is really just, you know, the heavier roll and write, or the thinkier right. roll and write. Right. But then uh, above that, you know, is, is the same same box, same form factor. Not the same components, but in general, the same you know, feeling of components, right? Like they've got two sheets and we've got, you know, obviously dice because they're rolling rights, but, you know, we've changed, like the one thing I would say that's different each time is that we've got different, you know, sort of either dice drafting mechanic or action, we'll call it different action selection mechanics really is what it comes down to. So, and we basically took the fleet dice, you know, again, we, we used fleet dice as our jumping off point. So we made sure that when we did our own game, that we did the same box size, even though that wasn't our game, that was Eagle Griffin you know, had the same box size and had the same box depth, et cetera. So that if you've got right. them all, they all line up and look pretty on your shelf, et cetera. So, mm. you know, it's it's a nice, it's good to kind of keep those, you know, consistent things because people, again, that's what people really like you know, when they kind of have, you know, if they want to back your next project, like even if they didn't love Motor City, we'll say, they, you know, they may back the next one anyway because they, they've they got three, and I have the fourth, you know, and I think, uh, you know, from a game design perspective, right, Motor City's is probably, the peak of the mountain from a complexity perspective like it's you know i don't think we're going to get more complicated as a matter of fact french quarter our next game is less complicated like it 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 takes a step back probably closer to fleet dice like three sisters is certainly more complicated than fleet dice and then motor city i'm not saying i don't think it's more complicated than three sisters but it's definitely a little more opaque in places so Mm -hmm, french quarter mm -hmm. kind of steps back almost back to the fleet dice level so and that was on purpose you know we didn't want to make you know, Hadrian's wall, which I love, but, you know, we didn't think that was where our audience was going. We wanted to right. kind of reset a little bit and kind of get it back to, you know, a more reasonable level.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, it's not like you're like, okay, now the next game must always be more
1: complicated than the
0: last game. That's exactly, I mean, exactly. Wh- what is that. That's, that's pointless, right? I mean, then you're just right. making it more complex for the sake of complexity.
1: You're right, and we want the design to be, you know, we, we know what the designs are, are going to be, right? We want that, those thinky rolling rights, but for, besides that, there's no rules. We just, whatever we have, we have. I mean, we'll see. The next one is still in progress. We'll see where it ends up, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, it's been fun, man. It's It's been really fun to to kind of explore, you know, I, I'm really impressed, and I might, impressed, this might not be the right word, but happy, I guess, whatever, that, you know, people really, really do like you know, being part of these things and and following along and they're excited for the next one before they even know what it is. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. just like, you know, it's, it's fun.
0: Well, I think, you know, part of it, a big part of it is the fact that you're building, you know, you're, you're building trust in, in people to where they can say like, Hey, if I see that, you know, they did this first game, I liked it. Now they've done a second game. I liked it. I'm probably going to like their third game. Right. Yep, and if yep. you know for people who have been following you for a while now who've played fleet dice and, and other games you have been have worked on, I mean that is I think really helpful um in keeping those people you know like, oh yeah, these guys make stuff I like, right um that kind of that kind of um trust that you build with players is is key or with not just players but you know consumers right um because they know what to expect uh, out of your next game and I think that um. Yeah. I just think that's, that's super important in making people want to follow your work. Right. And yeah. wanting to keep like anticipating like, Oh wow. What are they going to come up with next? Oh, cool. Um, and that's, that's quite the privilege to have people that care enough about what you're doing, you know, to, to do that. That's it's, pretty awesome.
1: Dude, it's super awesome. And it is 100% a privilege. And I was, you know, in just, you know, even talking to Adam and Ben about it, like, You know, at some point, it's always funny, you know, I actually, it's funny, we got interrupted, we got sidetracked halfway through the story, but basically, I was saying earlier, right, that Ben and I did this, and then Adam joined in around, I think, like, early, in the middle of 2021, basically, just because he's a friend, and he's a good designer, and we wanted a third, and he was interested, and, you know, we kind of cut him in, and off we went, so, you know, it's interesting, as we kind of go through this, you know, to, to have another person in the mix you know because ben and i've been doing this for so long together right 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 it's it's fun to kind of have his voice and not only that to break ties (laughs) like you know famously you know ben and i are willing to yell at each other if we need to and that's just part of being friends and part of knowing somebody for you know 20 something plus years so or geez 30 years really but um wow
0: you're old i mean i I am too don't don't get me wrong. i I am so
1: old i've literally known ben 30 years that's a fact um wow you know, so it's, it's, it's awesome to have Adam as a tiebreaker. And honestly, you know, I've been, you know, kind of giving Ben a hard time. Like, man, you, I know you're get a lot going on in your house, but you're going to start designing again. Like, we're kind of leaning on Adam lately. Like, he's, because I, listen, man, I don't design games. Like, I don't make a secret out of that. I I've had a couple. Like, you know, I would say I had, of our now 20 published games, I would say, like, the core idea or the, we'll say the seed idea has been mine maybe three times in 20. But you know, it's just not really how my brain works. I I need something to build off of. Like you've right, got to right, yeah. you gotta give me a few things and I can work off of that. I, I don't have that first initial blush. So yeah,
0: we actually talked like two episodes ago that Joe Hopkins was on because he's the developer for yeah. uh, Grand Gamers Guild, and we talked exactly about that, about the skill set between design and development. And even the difference between that and the people who are good at that initial spark and the people who are good at helping to carry it across the finish line are two very different skill sets. I mean, some people are Somehow amazingly blessed to have both. I know, <laughs> but are. that's not very typical.
1: It, it's it isn't, and that's the thing that you know Ben I've talked about for years, and now with Adam too, is you know getting partners that mix those skill sets up because it, often, it, and I don't mean this like negatively, but a lot of times idea people are idea people. They love ideas. They don't like the work that comes after ideas, right? They they like generating ideas, and they're they're good at it, and it's fun for them, and that's great. But mm-hmm. you gotta be able to. Push through and get something done. You know, Ben's always like, you know, he'd have a notebook full of ideas and nothing be completed because that's just kind of where he's at. People love that first spark, but you got to keep going. And again, I need someone else to generate that spark for me so that I can go from there. So, and Adams, Adams actually pretty good at both. So it's nice to kind of have that balance. Like he, he designs, you know, a lot faster than Ben right now in the sense of like coming up with new concepts. So. You know, like actually like some motor city was his you know his design right from from a lead designer oh, cool. perspective. not that we yeah. make that distinction where it's like that's mine that's yours but you know that was definitely his you know like his baby and right right you know, he did it all he put it all together in you know like a week or two and then we just kind of started hacking at it it was you know it was mm-hmm. really great so
0: yeah i always think that that's a nice thing to recognize especially when it comes to you know breaking ties with two co-designers right to say like um, I, I know Kelly Hoagland, who I work with quite a bit, he'll say to me like, okay, like when the, you have this initial idea, like, is this straying too far away by making these changes? Like, or and is that cool? Like, are we like, Hey, screw the initial idea. This is better. Um, you know, and I think that's always cool to be able to say like, you're the person who's, who started this, right. You're taking charge yep. on it. Yep. Um, but sometimes you gotta be willing to say, no, no, the outside perspective is right.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it is. And it it, it takes time. I mean, even, you know, Adam, who, you know, like I, you know, my winning personality aside, I probably got like, you know, (laughs) seven, you know, like jokingly, like I think I have like seven real friends. And I don't, it's not, it's just because as you get older, right, you don't, you you kind of start over a lot. and You've got friends, but I'm talking like, you know, people that you would call in the middle of the night to come pick you up from from jail, right? You know, and so as much as he's become part of that, that small limited crew pretty quickly, I still can't treat him like I treat Ben. Like, I can't just tell him he's an idiot like I can Ben, right? Like, I can't say to him, this idea is terrible because he, he you know, we haven't got there yet. Like, I mean, we have because I have said that to him, but I mean, you know, it's it's not the same. And right, you've got to right, right. develop that relationship and figure out, you know, where your comfort's at. And, you know, I, I know with, you know, it's just kind of a matter of understanding, you know, where, again, where your skill sets lie. And it's funny because him and I have begun to, you know, do a little more arguing. Like, but I, so I, I admit I tend to be the. One of the two arguing parties. I'm not sure why that is. It must be my fault, I guess. But uh, whether it be with Adam or Ben, but I mean, it's just it's it's such a pleasure to be part of that process. And that's actually what I love about game design because because I'm not that spark idea person, you know. And I'm not an inherent. I'm not frankly a terribly creative person in any way. Like I don't. I never had a creative outlet prior to game design, and it's awesome. Like I, that's what I love so much about it is being part of that creation process
0: mm-hmm yeah no me too um going back to the um I want to go back a minute to the we talked about you know the games being similar and then we kind of yeah. ran off from there but I'm curious when it comes to production and stuff like that um by keeping a lot of the things the same do you find that it reduces costs um or at least makes it easier when you're if are you working with the same printer each time or have you jumped around there's it actually the other question with that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have worked with the same printer, uh, a place called What's Games in China, and they're fantastic. And they did such a just awesome job on Three Sisters that we, you know, listen. I, it's a business, right? I I got quotes. I I validated their pricing, but you know, I you don't really see savings game over game, honestly, because it's a new print, a new product, a new mm-hmm. a new die, right? All those steps that they have to go through on the production side are still you know, we're not using any matching components like you might if you truly planned ahead and said, OK, our next five games are all going to have the same nine dice. And you printed, you know, 40,000 dice. Well, sure, you could get some savings that way. But that's not you know, super realistic. So a game to game savings isn't super there. I do think as you build a relationship, right, and they you show them that, you know, that you, frankly, you're again right now, right, everything's money when you show them that you're profitable for them because the way that you're profitable for them is to print more games and it's easier for them to reprint a game they've already done because it saves up some of that initial work. So when you show that you've got titles Mm -hmm. that are going to reprint several times in there, I do think you're, you're able to kind of get better pricing and, you know, kind of work through that way. So, you know, I, I think you get some, I'll say limited savings just from kind of building that relationship and going back to that same factory, you know, game over game. So even though, again, there's really not a component savings, but, You know, we it's interesting, you know, from a production side, because, you know, the production part is so far away. Right. Like the way, you know, Mm -hmm. because there isn't there is like one or two factories in the in the States. They're very busy and very expensive. Um, Yeah. It's just the nature of of where we are right now. And I will say, you know, just from a business perspective, right, as we as as everything gets more expensive, you know, from a freight perspective, from a shipping perspective, from a fuel perspective, you know, I I could see there being a chance, you know, for things to kind of level out a little bit. And also, you know, I, I don't want to get, you know, to whatever, but I do think there's, you know, I hope that we picked a, a factory that's, you know, fair to its workforce and that's, you know, fair to the environment around it. And, you know, you do the best you can with that research and you try to look them mm-hmm. up and do research and see that, you know, it's not just about the price. You've got to make sure that you're, using a factor that you know treats people fairly and again treats their environment fairly. And you hope they are, but you really don't know, unfortunately. But
0: right you do, right.
1: You do the best you can. So I say that's, all that to say yeah, go ahead.
0: Good no, you go ahead, go ahead, finish.
1: <laughs> no, I say I say all that to say like that's all part of that decision process. But again, you know, we we certainly you know, once you find a place that you like working with and does a good job, you know, it's, it's super important to to maintain that.
0: Right. It's on them to screw it up for you to say, Oh, okay, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, can't exactly. come back here again. Yep. And I think that that's actually one huge advantage that larger companies have over, um, you know, it's, it's funny. I think in America we see so many large companies that are just like crapping on the environment and, you know, not being worried about fair wages and stuff. Um, But in the game design world, you get some of those companies that actually will travel to China to check out the factories, to make sure that they are, you know, doing sustainable work. I know Haba like forces the companies to they work with to like only get lumber from lumber mills that are within or forests that are within a hundred miles of the factory, I think. And okay, they have sure. to be replanted and sustainable. And like, I mean, like you can't make demands like that. I mean, you could, but they would be like, no,
1: um, <laughs> like <laughs> because you're making, exactly you're, you're making us a couple grand buddy. Okay. So get out of here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, because like obviously with a company like Haba, they can make those demands yes. because they're going to make a ton of money for that factory. So it is yep. in the factory's best interest to say, How do we figure this out? You know?
1: I do. I do. And and I see, you know, again, as I kinda get older and I, I you know, as part of it's you kinda get in this like you know, you're you're probably in it now more than I am, but like as I as my kids get older, I'll say I have more headspace to pay attention to things that I should have been paying attention to anyway, that I probably mm-hmm. wasn't. In the sense of, like, because you're kind of in this, like, kid head cloud where you're focusing on them and you're not really necessarily spending energy on the things happening in the world around you. As I move out of that, I think to myself, like, you know, I, I literally was at the store and I bought a bottle of water, which, you know, I, I buy a big bottle of water on, like, on Monday or Sunday or Monday and I use it for a week because I hate those stupid metal cups, whatever. And I don't want to buy a bottle of water every day, so I literally just refill the same bottle for, like, a, a week or two. And it was, like, imported from someplace stupid. Like, I didn't care. It was the cheapest one they had at the store. It was, like, from, I'm not, it wasn't even, like, Fiji, but it was, like, some, like, Iceland or something. Like, why the hell are we shipping water across the ocean? Like, how is that a good environmental decision to ship water from Fiji or Iceland or Hawaii or wherever the hell the water is coming from? It makes no sense. It
0: doesn't. No, I agree with you. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, That's a little side understand. rant for
1: you, but I, I just, we can do, we need to do better is the point. <laughs> like yeah, it's, yeah. We need to have rules that say we shouldn't be wasting fuel and everything else on water moving across. right? Because right. no, there are a,
0: places you know, in this world where they do not have clean drinking water. Correct. How about we send the water it? there?
1: Right. right. We're in Michigan. Right. We have more water than anybody in the world. Right. Like, I don't. Right. I don't need water from Iceland in Michigan.
0: And yet still, yet still, we had a city with non-safe drinking water right, for right. years.
1: Yep, it's true. So, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, people are dumb. Um, but anyways, yeah. So, um, what do you think, like, I mean, I, well, I'll start with the good stuff. Like, I mean, to yeah. you, like, what is the biggest reason to do this Like, I mean, why, why do you think Ben, actually, I mean, Ben's a dreamer, right? Ben wants yes, to. Yes, something. So, why, why do you want to do it? <laughs> Like, what makes you want to stick with this? Because you're telling me a lot of stuff that's, like, generally you break-even and, like, you know, all this. So, like, as so, a person I know that doesn't like a lot of stuff in general, I'm just kind of yeah. curious.
1: So, I, I mean, I, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. And the only reason to do it is money. People will give you a lot of excuses as to why they do it. And they'll tell you a lot of pie-in-the-sky reasons. The only reason you would do this is because you want a bigger cut of the check. And that's it. There's no other reason to do it. Because... Otherwise, you might as well just sell your game and get a royalty off of it. So, but it's
0: certainly bigger cut of a smaller check.
1: It is at first, but legitimately, like, you know, we, when you get into retail, those are when the bigger checks happen, right? So, you're making a much larger percentage per game on a retail sale than as a publisher than you do as a designer. So, while the Kickstarter piece is difficult, and that's why publishers that don't need Kickstarter don't use it because you might as well just, you know, sell in the retail directly. But, and I'm not saying that's that's our motivation. There absolutely was, you know, we wanted creative control. We wanted to have the experience. But at the end of the day, I, I think it's a little disingenuous to say that the only, I, listen, it's never the only reason, but it's 100% one of the main reasons. If you say otherwise, I think you're, I'm not saying you're lying, but I'm saying maybe you're, you know, you're saying what you think people want to hear, not what the truth is. Because otherwise yeah. you wouldn't do the extra work. You're doing the extra work because you get right. extra money for it. That's just... A fact.
0: I mean, I think the only other thing I can think of is like, you know, the wanting to put something out there that wouldn't normally see the light of day otherwise. But I mean, like, because I'm working on that with some like small things that like I don't think would ever get published. But that said, the idea that one of them could do really well, or you know, several of them can just do okay and like make a small stream of income for it. I'm some completely on board with that. And that is an enticing idea. So despite the fact that I want to do it, you know, because I want to put this cool thing out there. And I mean, I've been working on a game for a couple of years now with with a co-designer and and it's an RPG. And yes, we are doing this because we want to design this cool, quirky thing. But we're hoping to make a thing out of it to where we can, you know, actually make some sustainable money out of it. So
1: I I think you're not wrong. (laughs) No, but I think that's 100 percent fair too. like I I would agree and concur that. The that is the other main reason is because you want to do the thing that you want to do and you want to have control and you want to make sure it gets out because either a no one else wanted to put it out or B didn't even ask like you're like this is my thing and I want to do it. So I think that's that's completely 100% fair. I, I guess maybe I'm speaking more. You know, it's, it, I think that's probably the first one that you do and then it evolves. Right. you if You're going to keep doing it. You know, at some point, you know, I think it's because you just again not because you want the money again that's such a a harsh way to say it but well but i mean
0: we all have to have you know what i mean like we 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 need income right right um you know it's it's funny like i like people consistently talking about like actors and actresses right yeah and they're like oh you sold out to do this movie and like uh and then they're like like oh okay so like you took this role just for money and i've seen a couple of actors and they were like yeah like yeah. because it's a job and like you know people are like well it's an artistic like it's a creative thing matt you shouldn't mm-hmm. do it for money and it's like mm-hmm. well, but but like i have a family right. and like but it you turns know, out like, i
1: need money because you know right the world needs money
0: you got two kids in college soon here
1: yeah yeah, I could use the cash. No, I, I, I do think there are folks that truly feel that way because they believe it, you know, and and they are artists and they have an artist heart and they want to do things for art for art's sake. And I love that about people. I do. It's not me, but I, I, I do, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I, I, I mean, I, I guess I split it. the middle, like there are things that i want to do because i want them to be out there right i mean yeah. i do this podcast this podcast is a net loss like right. a year over right. a year like i don't make yeah. any money off it um i've tried to formulate some ways to possibly try and earn a little bit to try and make it pay for itself and you know what i'm going to continue to work on that but like i don't i don't like advertisements so that's not a thing but like you know it's it's not cheap it's a thing that has to happen and um yeah so there's nothing wrong with like i mean i could tell you if i ever made another podcast I would make a podcast I could monetize because like, I can't afford to do another podcast. It's <laughs> yeah. free. I, we podcast. Know, but but I do it because I enjoy, it keeps me accountable because I do it every week. So it keeps me working on stuff. It puts yep. things out there that I know have been historically helpful to other people. Yep. And I like that. Yep. Um, You know, but like that can't be your whole business model. Like right. if you want to have a business and, And plus with the publishing industry has been really, you know, I don't think you and Ben would have had any trouble because you've been around for so long, but like newer designers are finding it hard to, to break in sometimes.
1: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I, I, that's a fact. And I do think that's a, you know, you, you, in one, in one breath you hear a publisher complain about, you know, especially established publishers. Oh, there's just too many games coming out. There's too many games coming out. Well, yeah, because for you there are because yeah. you want to sell your five games like but to your point like a publisher has no reason to sign a game from you know whatever insert new designer here because right. it may not sell when they can probably sell the game from the other designer it may be a worse game by the way but it doesn't matter because at least you're guaranteed to sell your first print run and that's just part of the decision making processes i mean i just i it, it, I, i i I feel terrible because I actually don't know how new designers are getting their stuff out there right now. And I do think that's part of that process that you're talking about. Right. You do it yourself because you want to get it out there.
0: I I think the way they're getting it out there. I mean, I've heard some wonderful stories from Unpub and, and one of the things that's happening is that the community is, is helping each other. Right. To say like, Hey, come look at this new person's game. Like this game is awesome. Right. I mean, Elizabeth Hargrave was, you know, there like, um, like like talking about people's games like uh, publicly and on social media to try to do her part to help other yep. people right and that is I think what has to happen around that
1: It is, um, and, but and that's not going to
0: help everybody chances. right
1: no it's not that? you're right no no sorry I was just agreeing with you and publishers oh, right. have to take those chances on new designers that deserve it and and that's the part that I think it's easier said than done because a publisher also has to make money and that's the balance mm-hmm. but you know, and I, and I don't mean us right. I don't mean you. Your small company or small company. Like I'm talking right, right, about right. publishers that had the bandwidth to do you know eight to ten games a year. Right. Well, then they you know they need to make the effort to make sure a couple of those are you know marginalized groups and new designers and things like that because they need to and that's that's how it's gonna keep it moving forward.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that you know it is on those big publishers to do that, and unfortunately. I mean, some of those big publishers, there's one that notably has a Facebook group that has basically said, like, hey, we're mostly interested in working with people that we've worked with before. Um, and that was a publisher that worked with a lot of different people. And so when they say that, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess yeah. we know what's going to happen there. Um, yeah. And that's, you know. Oh, God, that's uh, so hard. It is, right? Because I also, like, business-wise, I get what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's no reason why a company like that can't say, listen, we make eight games a year. Let's devote space for one to two even smaller games, right? Mm-hmm. By new voices, and we're going to get those out there. Like, yep. they can afford to do that.
1: Yes. I... I, I... <sighs> it's so hard, Jason, because I think back through... And again, not even getting into, you know, the, the you know privilege of being who Ben and I are and things like that, but just conceptually, right, you, everyone can understand that because it's everything's relationships. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. most publishers are a couple of people or a few people or a dozen people or a lot of times one person. Right. And once you are friends, quote unquote, or coworkers, however you want to look at it, well yeah, it's always easier to work with somebody that you already know. Yeah. That, you already, yeah. that you already trust too. And a new designer doesn't have that. So I can understand both sides that you know that both sides of that because as much as we you know, a lot of these publishers are 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 running on a pretty thin margin, and you know you've got a little bit of leeway either way. And I agree with you, right? If you're doing eight games, pick a couple, pick one or two of those, and make sure they're new voices. But I also understand that hey, we we have an existing relationship with these folks, and they're good designers, and let's just go back to them again. You know, and and that happens because it's there's a comfort there and a trust there, and that 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 if anything, I try to tell folks that. You know, I I hear stories about designers and some of the things that they choose to do, and I don't understand. And I and I know it's because everybody's different. And not everyone has the same uh, business acumen, maybe or personality. But I mean, at some point, it's kind of like you have to understand that it's not just a business transaction. That because these companies are so small, and mm-hmm. the overall pool of folks participating in this hobby, while being large, is not that large. Right. So. Right all those relationships matter and every interaction that you have matters and yeah, and yeah. being careful with those interactions is so important people just don't do it and they need
0: yeah to. no i i um we did an episode a while back where i talked about i signed a game recently and i signed that whole game because of relationships i've built like i was literally able to walk it backwards through a like chain of relationships mm-hmm. of things that didn't pan out during those relationships that made it so this game has got got purchased and published. Um yep. and that's crazy to me because it it reminds us that, you know, relationships are what it's all about and it's a business, you need to make money to survive. Um but like, you know, you can choose who you work with and yep. and it's easy to choose the people that you've that you've worked with before. I mean, I um and I I respect that, right? Like I work with a lot of the same co-designers because I like working with them, mm-hmm. but I reach out to new co-designers because I like working with new people. Um, but there's like no risk for me in that. The worst thing I've done, if I say like to a new co-designer, let's work together on this and then we just are awful together yeah. is that like I've <laughs> wasted some time, right?
1: Right. Yep. I mean, yep. yeah,
0: there's like opportunity cost of like that I could have done, but I mean, that's stupid, like whatever, yep. you know I mean? Like it's different than saying like, yes, I've published this game and now it's like crashed. But I also think there's things, a lot of things publishers can do to mitigate that, right? Um, so I've seen, you see a lot of those publishers where they put a game out and it's their whole world for about a month. And then like, they never talk about it again. Yeah. Um, yeah there's a couple publishers that are really bad offenders about that.
1: There um, are. and And when you kind of get into, you know, it's tough, man. Because when you get into the weeds and you learn a lot more about how you know, the reorder process works and how game stores work and how distribution works and how buyers work, you realize why they are how they are. And I'm not excusing it.
0: No, I get it. I get it. But I
1: understand yeah. it because they they tend, like, they'll tell you within, you know, a month or two of a release whether it has a shot or not. And with, you know, and for the most part, they're right. Like, I, I can tell you, listen, we've got, again, you know, like I said earlier, we've had almost 20 games, oh, I think 20 games designed. Two mm-hmm. of those games, and I mean literally two of those games were, Ones that I'll say grew in the sense of like they started off pretty slow, but the publisher was big enough to kind of stick with them, and they mm-hmm. didn't, you know, necessarily spend a ton of marketing money, but they kind of just let them breathe. And in both cases, ended up very successful. Mm-hmm. For the most part, the rest of the games, if they weren't pretty immediately, you know, I won't say hits, but pretty immediately well received, they were going to be done. And that's yeah. just, that's yep. just the fact. It sucks. Yeah, no, it, I
0: get it. It's uh it's not like movies where they become cult hits like on video afterwards <laughs> like right. you know on demand they're like oh this is this is you know really popular. It doesn't happen as much with board games, yeah.
1: No, it doesn't. It's, it's because of the nature right. of it, yeah.
0: But yeah, no, I I stand by the they need to, you know, big publishers need to make sure they're they're bringing in new voices. And small publishers, you know, like what y'all are doing, that's great. I mean, you're a three-person operation. The yeah, idea that like you're stuff. not constantly bringing in new people. Like, that makes sense. You are working on games that the three of you were designing. You yes. want to design yeah. those. You want to put those out. You are doing it for that reason. Like, you know, if you ever grow to where you're doing like multiple games a year, then you should consider that. Right. <laughs> but, like, yep. but, you know, until that happens, like it, 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 it doesn't make sense. And, and the other thing is like there's that danger, right? Like, you know, y'all are at the point where you're doing all right with your games. But like, when you get to that point, and I remember it was Chris Kirkman had, had said this about a company at one point where he had just said, you know, you get to a point where like, you have to feed the machine, right? You create a machine, which is a big company, and you have to feed that machine with more games and more success. Uh, otherwise, that company will fail. Right. Yep. Um, and that uncontrolled growth. I mean, I, I, I cut my teeth for twenty years in the mortgage industry, so like I know everything about uncontrolled growth and like, <laughs> and, yeah. like greed and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um. But, but yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think there's there's a certain amazingness to being a publisher that's not a huge publisher, right? I mean, I look at companies like you know Mark with Grand Gamers Guild, like yeah, it's it's a it's not a small publisher anymore, um, because they're doing several games a year. But they're also not a huge publisher and it gives them the freedom to do a lot of different things without, you know, having to have another hit today, you know.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I totally agree because, again, you even see publishers that, you know, it's happening right now and it's sad because these are publishers that grew during the, you know, the unprecedented times where board games were just banging. And, you know, part of that was pandemic, part of that was just a little bit of board game growth. I don't think mm-hmm. anyone would tell you the bubble has popped, but it certainly has slowed down this year,
0: right? So... And I don't, I don't think the bubble is going to pop on board games. I mean, it's experiential stuff has become the thing, and board games fall into that. But yes, the market is certainly going to, going to contract, you know, especially if we if we start to hit like a recession or something to where
1: yeah. people have yep. less
0: money, they're going to play a lot of board games because they're going to be stuck at home. But they're gonna play the games they already bought, right? Right.
1: Yep. <laughs> so. Yep.
0: And if you're like me and you have 30 games and shrink in your cupboards, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna be real jazzed because you're gonna be able to play games for a long. Like I could, there could be an apocalypse, and I could just never leave the house, and I could just play a new game every week. I feel like mm-hmm. for a long time.
1: I I'm quite the opposite. I don't buy games. So <laughs> smart. I, I know. I. <laughs> I don't get to play as much as I want and, you know, Adam buys games and, uh, you know, our, our buddy, not no, it doesn't matter who he is, but another buddy of ours who is generally our game night host, you know, buys a lot of games. So between the two of them, I just let them buy games and, and play when I can, but 100% for sure. It's its its just a matter of, you know, the, my point was really just being that, you know, you see these companies already having to contract a bit and not because they did anything wrong just because again right you're just not a hundred percent sure you know it's when you have that rapid growth you know you have to grow but then if things slow down then all of a sudden you've got extra and you got to deal with that and that that's that's tough
0: it is it absolutely is um well hey i would love to hear a little bit more about french quarter uh yeah you've alluded to it but before we go i'd like to i'd love to hear more about it
1: yeah i appreciate that thanks jason so it is our next game. It'll be our fourth game in our Loaded Roll and Write series. So the uh, it's literally about visiting New Orleans and going to the French Quarter. Again, as half of our games are, they're based vaguely on Ben's life. So he went down there for a buddy of his wedding and got to experience what's called a second line, which is these parades they have in the French Quarter you know, where you literally like march down the streets. And there's like a band and a, a leader of the parade and you're like, you know, a lot of people are drinking, and you're you're having a good time, and the wedding party's there, and it's just, he, he loved it. And so he came back with this idea that had this, like, map of the French Quarter, and we kind of built off of that. You know, and it uses a, I guess you could call it a flip and roll and write uh, for the kind of action selection, where you basically flip some cards, those cards have symbols on them, you roll dice that match the cards, and then you get a combination of a die and a card that, that gets, generates your actions for the round. so. You know, it's it's a quick, it's a little quicker playing, I think, than, than Motor City and Three Sisters. It's probably in the 45 minute mark, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a little bit lighter in the sense that it's not quite as complicated, but it still has the combos and you know the thinkiness that have people come to expect you know, with that line of games. And it's also really really pretty uh, because the French Quarter allows four very bright colors and very sure you know, kind does. of like yeah. pinks and greens and yellows and you know colors you might not normally get in a board game and you know what's funny is one of the reasons that we're you know so far behind and what i mean by that is again we, you know, we kind of talked a little bit earlier but we generally run a kickstarter for french quarter or excuse me for motor city and three sisters we ran kickstarters in march and april like basically the mm-hmm. you know, middle of march through the first week of april and we didn't this time because we're just not done and the reason we're not done is because it took us forever to find a cover and we actually paid uh for four covers and just continue and they were the artists in every single case did exactly what we wanted and then we realized what we wanted wasn't what we needed was
0: wrong yes. yes
1: you know it's good like, on you
0: to realize that though
1: yeah i, I mean we had the, you know a little bit of luxury to do that because we've got you know some funds built up from from three sisters but you know it's like we we said okay do this and they would do that and it was like, oh, that doesn't work. And then we'd get, find a different artist. It was like, okay, do this. And They would do it, and that didn't work either. So we literally, it was our fourth cover before we're like, this is it. And honestly, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a, a huge shout out to Beth Sobel, who was our oh, three sisters, yeah. who, who's fantastic. You know, and she did the Three Sisters cover. And I finally said, hey, Beth, you know, I, I'll be honest, I didn't think of you originally because we wanted buildings, and buildings aren't really your forte. But I should have just come to you in the first place. She's like. Matt, it's okay. I don't have time to do it. I love you guys. I love working with you guys, I mean. But, you know, I don't have time today. But here's what I would do if I was doing the cover. And she gave me this sketch and said, you can use it and give it to any other artist you want. She even recommended a couple artists. And this sketch is exactly what the cover is. Like, we took her sketch and said, do this, please. And they did it. And it's awesome.
0: Wow. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, it was. It was so cool of her. Like, she just, like, in an email, just did this sketch and sent it to me and said, here's what I would do if, if I was doing your cover. And it was perfect. And it's it's beautiful. And the game is beautiful. And we had the same artist that did, you know, Three Sisters and Motor City, the Marlies, who does our sheets for us, did the sheets for French Quarter. And they're, they're just really, really good. You know, it's it's been, it's going to be great. I mean, it's, I hope on Kickstarter by, you know, this time in May. I mean, where are we at now? We're at like April 13th. I, I would love to say we're a month away, but we're probably six weeks away just because we gotta, we gotta wrap up. Yeah. You know, we gotta wrap up the rule books and then once that's done, which is the last piece of the graphic design, I got to give people time to play it, you know, like reviewers and previewers and things like that. So you're giving them a month isn't fair. So we're going to try to get it out in the next week or two so that we can plan on like a, you know, mid late may Kickstarter. We haven't done a summer Kickstarter before. It's always been March, April. So we'll see how that goes, but you know, no worries. It's, it's exciting. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that is, that is, I, so you said, you said Marlies, and I was like, no, I can't, it's the same person who did the artwork for Tiernan Oak.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 no, no, That's no. That's funny,
0: I just pulled up her website as you were talking, I'm like, oh, no crap, there's three sisters.
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually, I'm I'm not taking credit for your awesome, beautiful cover that she did, but I do think I actually shared her name with Mark, like years ago, nice. like a couple years ago, when we were doing, she, so I, she posted her self on the bgg artist forums i believe Mm -hmm. and you know i she had just been i think getting back into we'll say you know work for hire when she did three sisters for us and Mm -hmm. she is so good and so professional and she works like cleanly and quickly relatively you know quickly and you know that was a thing where we you know we we had we knew we, we had the cover we wanted from beth and we just needed someone to do the sheets and she did such a fantastic job that we just keep going back to her and now i Mm -hmm. i feel like you know not not in any way because of us because of her awesome abilities but i begin to see her more and more now and i think it's awesome because she she deserves it she's really good
0: yeah yeah i was uh i was super impressed with her work on turn which actually ended while we were doing this episode
1: oh did i was watching i looked at it i checked it out yesterday because we talked about it on uh geek all-stars
0: Oh yeah! Thanks, thanks for the yeah. shout out. Yeah, we um, yeah, yeah it ended with eight hundred seventy nine backers, thirty two thousand three
1: hundred eighty eight dollars. So nice, nice. not I, bad. I'm
0: I'm okay with that.
1: I super like the new theme. Like I, I listen. I'm an Unreal Estate guy. It's actually my favorite. Random Twitter bit was when I was using Unreal Estate for like other things besides playing a game. Like I don't remember if you remember this at all because I was making fun of you because we're friends and I would like put. <laughs> Like, I used Unreal Estate to, like, prop open a door. Yes, I, used, I do I remember
0: that. Yes, yes. Like
1: dumb stuff, you know, and I was just being silly, you know, as if it, whatever. But I've always liked the game, like, legitimately enjoyed that game. So I'm, I'm curious to play the, we'll say, the new version, so to speak.
0: Yeah, and this was, you know, Isaac had this brainchild around, you know, it was kind of inspired by Unreal Estate, and um, but we didn't really have a theme for it. And then um, the developer found the theme and uh, with Mark, and yeah, and we just fell in love with the theme. Uh, and then the artwork is amazing. The graphic design obviously is the best because it's Bridget and Delicato who is the best. The best. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I would have her just like graphic design my whole life if I could. I like, she's just so we... good. And she's like the nicest person. I mean, she's like best friends with Nicole. So like, you, you know that she's going to be great, mm-hmm. but still.
1: that That's awesome. Yeah. We would love to work with, with her someday. Just hasn't been, in the cards yet, but yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah.
0: Well, hey, I super appreciate you coming on the show. This was a good time hanging out and chatting about Motor City and all sorts of other stuff we chatted about.
1: It was, man. Thanks, Jason. I really had a good time. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. And listeners, I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch with us, you can go to buildinggamepodcast.com. There you can find a link to our Discord channel. You can join our Discord. You can come to our weekly accountability meetings that we have uh, every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's a good time. We hang out, we chat about stuff and you only have to talk for 2 minutes and 45 seconds and then it only lasts 30 minutes in total. Uh, in addition to that you can of course find us uh, at the email building game podcast at gmail.com unless you're selling Bitcoin in which case please don't email me. <laughs> uh, also of course go to the Twitter at podcastptg at jaslingerlin and Matt is at ridlin, and you can keep coming back every single week but until next time good night. Good night. Building the game, building the game, which isn't in friends, which isn't in friends, building the game, building the game, which isn't in friends, which isn't in friends. The end of the episode, that's when it technically ends.